It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to another episode, a class, if you will, of Lacrosse Classified, episode 103, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. My name is Jake Elliott. My co-host's name is Brad Challoner. We will be with you for the next, uh, well, we'll see this week. Maybe like an hour or so. We're going to try and limit ourselves. I'm super fired up this week because, uh, Brad, uh, I'll get you in here right off the top. I've been harassing you for the better part of two or three weeks to get yourself a proper headset for the podcast. You defied my orders once again, but went in another direction and got yourself like a professional little fancy little little microphone uh, in front of you to go along with your, your fancy headphones so uh we'll see how this goes uh welcome back episode 103 our 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 calls to the hall will continue this week we got a couple of great guests we'll talk about in a moment as well we got our stampede stallion quick stick something else of course as well gonna be a good episode how's it going buddy is it working is it working (laughs) that might be the creepy (laughs) <laughs> entrance well, into a podcast the, ever right there this is the new microphone i think it sounds fantastic stop it no i know i got a, i got an actual podcast mic i'm pretty stoked about this it's a usb microphone it's not a headset so i feel like um i need to like attach it to the roof and dangle it down on a on an arm or something like i'm back in the studio in tsn days but yeah no, well i'll is- tell you what uh you know when you're being all creepy leaning in like that you almost sounded better than being as far away as as you were so lean a little closer for me don't be I've been distant in the past now it's time to get cozy there you go there you go yeah. so well, you mentioned you want to do a nice tidy hour or something this week mm. well we had some storylines from the national lacrosse league of the world lacrosse like we could we could go a little longer i I know, hey, man. This is the really like doldrums right now, and the NLL is doing their best to to pump out the content and kind of covering each team on a day of the week. Last week, and they did they did some really cool stuff there. It's just been it's been quiet. We're in this down period where training camps are should be would normally be just about to start. Yeah, so we'd have all starts of stuff to talk about, but there's none of that this year. There's the Hall of Fame, the next big thing on the calendar. Hence, why we're doing calls to the Hall, and that's why we got. Uh, to round out the class of 2007, there you go. Darius Kilgore and Hollywood Tom Marichek today to join Mike French, who was with us last week. That would complete the class of 2007. So, kind of making our way down through the list here on Lacrosse Classified. Yeah, and uh, just realizing that uh, 2007 was actually the second year, and and so we might have to get to the 2006 class, which includes. A couple of twins that, uh, well, just one set of twins that were pretty good at the sport in one Paul and Gary Gate. Uh, we'll talk to Tommy about about those guys, I'm sure, coming up here. But uh, maybe we go back and, and try and get Paul and, and, and Gary, 19 and 22, if you will, on the pod together at the same time. That might uh, that might be some good content right there. I don't know if the internet can handle that. <laughs> We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. Uh, So truth be told here as well, we're actually recording on a Sunday afternoon instead of a regular Monday afternoon. So keep that in mind as we go along here. Sundays are always uh, for me like kind of I try and 
be like the laziest day of the week, really. Like I try, I like to do nothing on Sundays, but uh, I'm happy to be here and happy to be doing this. I actually squeezed in uh, a bit of a workout before we came on here, which I don't normally do on a Sunday. So feeling good. And uh, I, I normally ask you how your weekend was going, but since we're in the middle of it, how's your weekend going? Uh, cold, man. Super. Man, super is it cold, cold right here. now? Don't. I, I don't want to offend the people in in Saskatchewan because I know they got a bad. And and I saw your little weather tweet uh, that seemed to to get a lot of run, man. You had a lot of interactions on a simple weather tweet. The Okotoks workout I I saw was the last one. What do we all have in common? We all have in common the weather. And if you look across this country of ours, who I think a lot of most of our listeners are are Canadian, uh, and proudly so. Yeah, it was like minus 12 in Saskatoon. Calgary's had snow for a couple of weeks now, but glorious Hamilton, Ontario was 24 degrees this weekend. So the next hammer. time you're planning your vacation mm-hmm. in October, uh, look to the banks of Lake Ontario <laughs> and sunny Hamilton this time of year. Shout Sun, out to the, the moose. The sunshine over the over the steel mills. There's no, there's nothing quite like yeah, it. Breathtaking I, in October. I but no, it's, it's been cold, man. I was out scraping windows and uh, I've been doing a lot of running during quarantine since i've been at home because i haven't been to the gym in a while right and out, outdoor running has been my thing but it's been freaking cold this weekend so i i took it inside actually went to the gym oh. for the first time how was the that gym since march man uh it was really good actually they did i went to uh trevor linden in tawasin okay and you have to book a slot so they're only booking like 50 or 60 people in there at once it's every second treadmill or every second uh cardio machine and yep. then at the weights, it's like every second bench is open. But I, I felt pretty comfortable. And I'm like, hey, I feel a little sense of normalcy here. I'm going to definitely do this again. So I've already booked a spot to go back again tomorrow morning. So. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. I, yeah, right, I still, no, I can't. Back, it's, it's, you got to get back inside now because there's going to be too many excuses of, of, of now it being that cold season, right? Well, I've gotten real familiar with, with kettlebells in my living room. I, I still can't get you to actually try this 60-minute uh, thing that I do. I only made it 35 minutes today. Sometimes I do really well with it. Sometimes I just uh, can't, can't get it done. But... Anyways, uh, I actually went out to Queen Elizabeth Park yesterday. Played a little disc golf with uh, with Danny at, uh, out of QE. I haven't been out there in a long time. Tons of people out there. Made me a little bit nervous, not because there's like flying discs going on all over the place, but just how many people were, were out in the park. But it was a beautiful, crisp fall day here in BC, and uh, it was good to, to get out there and, and chuck a little disc around. Have you ever played frisbee golf before? Or I've never disc played golf? frisbee golf, but I mentioned we were at um, we went bowling last night too, so we got a little little family fun action in there. Went uh, five-pin bumper bowling. How'd that kids. go? That went well, Br- too. Break 200? One, uh, 144 in game one. <laughs> and then I was trying to I was telling with my daughter, bumpers? I'm like, Man. <laughs> telling my daughter, I'm like, She's like, who won? Who won? I'm like, you just got to be. I just said, doesn't matter what your score is this game in yeah. game one. I said, you want to improve that score in game two. Like, right. just want to be better than yeah. than uh, than the game before, right? And then my wife and my daughter had better scores in game two. I did not. <laughs> you couldn't practice what you no, preach. No, I didn't, didn't practice what I preached. Brutal. But she was happy. She was happy with herself. That's all that matters. Yeah, I always love a good night at the lanes as well. Well, Bradley, um, Darius Kilgore, Tommy Marichek coming up here on episode one hundred and three, and in quarter one now, as lo- you know, along with a little conversation, we like to do something called. 
The Stampede Stallion of the Week. Uh, Brad, did you know that Stampede Tack and Western Wear carries Canada's largest selection of Wrangler jeans? For men, ladies, and kids, I know you got a couple of those. For men, they have everything from the classic cut, the cowboy jean, to the premium Dennett, George Strait, I know you're a fan, as well as the stretch fit, retro fit jean, and all in different sizes, selections, for virtually anybody here, you can go to stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. Christmas coming up just around the corner. Don't want to get you too excited, but uh, starting to count those shopping days and stampede.ca is a good place to start. Or you can head out there to Cloverdale at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th. They've been there since 1966. Good store, good people. Shout out to Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Stampede Stallion of the Week. Brad, you picked Steph LeBlanc last week, so I got to pick this week. And I'm going with a guy that is still involved with the NLL. Heck of a playing career as well. And if uh, if the fans, if you're maybe just tuning in to Lax Class here, never heard it before, don't know what the Stampede Stallion is, Brad, maybe you can break that down once again. Stampede Stallion of the Week, Jumbo and Friends. It celebrates people that we don't get to talk about a ton. We're not waiting for a Hall of Fame ceremony to talk about these people. We're not waiting for them to win an MVP or Defensive Player of the Year, whatever. We're talking about people that don't get enough credit. We're going to shine the spotlight on those type of guys. Steph LeBlanc was that guy last week, over 800 points in the National Lacrosse League and has been one of the most consistent left-handed goal scorers of his generation. And no one mentions his name when you're prepping a game or getting ready for a broadcast or anything like that. There's always been guys on his team that get a little bit more spotlight, but Steph has quietly gone about his business. You're picking Bruce Codd this week. Yes. A guy who has the same thing, has always quietly gone about his business, has never been a top defender in the National Lacrosse League, but it's always been one of the top defenders wherever he's played and is a guy that you always want to have on your team. The Cowboy Cod. Check in Cod We Trust. Uh, I believe you can get those T-shirts still at Lacrosse Flash at the team store. In Cod We Trust. Uh, if you want to sport an Orangeville Northman logo, and, and why wouldn't you? Check these numbers out here, Brad. Just shy of 200 games for Bruce Codd. 198, in fact. The goals and assists don't really jump off the page at you. 36 goals over a 12-year career with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 different teams in 12 years. 4 years in Calgary, 4 with Arizona, Ottawa, Montreal, Columbus, Albany, and finishing off in Toronto. But 157 points in 12, big, okay, what do you think that, no, no, but then you get to the loose ball category here, and 1,208, and he wasn't a face-off guy, and I believe Bruce Codd back in 02 was the first man to dethrone Jim Veltman, another Hall of Famer we'll be talking to in loose balls, uh, 197 in that 02. Is that season. is just a ridiculous number. 117, 114, a couple of high watermarks as well. Um, and the other thing that jumps off the page here to me is just 75 penalty minutes in 12 years. Yeah, and it was a pain in the ass to play against. It's not like Man, he was the honey badger. He just, he just went out and played a game that that. 
that drove people nuts, but did it did it the absolute right way. And you know, the watermark for me, if you're not taking faceoffs, you're a defender. If you can get over a hundred loose balls in a season, like that's that's really good. Yeah. The stat too, Jumbo, is that he didn't miss a game from 2005 <laughs> until right. 2011. Yeah. He went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven full seasons. And they had a couple more early in his mile. career too. Yeah. Yeah, and and the miles that you put on your body in the national lacrosse league season with all that travel and the physicality of the play yeah. is unreal. And it's no surprise that he went right behind a bench after his playing career was done, like pretty much immediately Right. And to have him back in Toronto now back home where their whole bench is essentially uh, former guys with connections to Orangeville. That's the way to do it. And Bruce caught yeah, I don't think he was ever up for defensive player of the year. And like I said, most of the time wasn't even the best defensive player on his team, but it was always right there. And he's the Stallion of the Week. Yeah, Stampede Stallion of the Week. Same stats during playoff time as well, right? Like averaged over six loose balls per game in both the regular season and the playoffs. And you're right, like turned himself into one heck of a coach. And and Kurt Malowski recognizing that pretty early on in his tenure with the Roughnecks brought him right onto the bench after his playing career was done in – Man, like goes on to to win a mental cup with the Orangeville Northmen. Toronto brings them back, brings him back, so he's not traveling as much. But one of the great minds in the game, and a real good dude as well. Like he, I got all day to to kind of talk shop with with Bruce Cod when I would cross paths with him. So I know he's big in the Hornheads Alumni Association as well, and just a heck of a guy, and fully worthy of our Stampede Stallion of the Week. So Steph LeBlanc uh, and Bruce Cod, welcome to the stable if you will, uh, if we can if we can call it that, Brad. Uh, I think we need to get to break here, and let's get to our first Hall of Famer of the show. Went back in in 2007. He's got quite the resume. We'll run it down for you on the other side. Darius Kilgore joins us next year, episode 103, Lax Class, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Back after this. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com tickets today. Hey, this is Hall of Fame netminder Dallas Elliott. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to episode 103 of Lacrosse Classified. Right here, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Right there was our friends from the Vancouver Warriors at VancouverWarriors.com. We're still... Nothing's offside, Brad Challoner. Uh, at NLL Warriors, Twitter, Instagram. Been seeing a lot of tweets and pictures alike coming from the Warriors social media account. Our good friend, our our other one of our other fabulous sponsors here, Sean Ashworth and Associated Labels and Packaging. This meshes well together here, Brad, as uh, he's got a bit of a club team program there as well called the Woodsman. And I know uh, the Woodsman got to spend Saturday with the Warriors down there 
in the big arena, which uh, they were super fired up about. I saw a bunch of pictures and stuff from them. And uh, Warriors Academy doing good things here in the coming weeks with Making the youngsters. Making dreams come true. Yeah. Making dreams come true. You know, it's bittersweet because, as we alluded to in segment one, this is usually the time where I pick up a Tim Hortons at 10 a.m. and in Langley and make the drive out and go watch some training camp and get some audio and try to get an early read on what the team's going to look like. Mm. We don't have that this year. And what's interesting is that it's going to, when we do get going, whether it's in March or April or later, it's going to align more with what we grow up being used to with summer lacrosse, right? So we're going to go to training camp in flip-flops and shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> Very professional. Uh, but, you know, it's going to feel weird. It, it might feel like it's supposed to feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's something we talked about. Like this, this could be if if the National Lacrosse League has to start in in March or April and play through the summer, um, whatever it means for for summer lacrosse, it's going to feel natural for us to go watch lacrosse and call NLL games in the summer. And maybe this will be the best summer, the NL, the best season the NLL ever has, being the only show in town after hockey playoffs are done and NBA wraps up. Like, could you imagine NLL humming along in in July and August with no other sporting competition? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm smiling here because as you're talking about, you know, flip flops and Tim, I'm a Starbucks guy now, by the way, I've gone all like shishi and and uppity. I can't anyways, uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this and I'm, I'm doing a little math in my head here, Brad, uh, thinking Saskatoon in January and February compared to Saskatoon in July and August, uh, I think I'll go with that. I think I'll be okay with the weather change in Saskatoon from January to July, should that be the case. Uh, Selfish weather reasons <laughs> aside, though, I think in no, National yeah, Cross sure. League's summertime league this year, let's see how it goes. They might be on to something this summer and go, wait a second. This is the best season we ever had. Let's do this again and again and again. Well, I yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it seems to me league-wide that attendance numbers for as a whole, usually like May, April, May is kind of when they do the best for whatever reason. Now, would that trend continue as you move deeper into the summer? It might. I think it possibly could. Maybe not in Saskatchewan because I think they have some different circumstances surrounding that where they got to get to the farms and, and, and the harvest and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but uh, this, this I mean, there is absolutely nothing wrong to see with how this could play out. And regardless of what Canadian lacrosse and, and stuff's going on, uh, the PLL is also has to be a concern for the NLL and crossover between players in that league as well like, or the PLL maybe they should be the ones that are concerned with the NLL maybe that's a better way to put it but while we're on this topic here and and let's just say this right off the top but that Darius Kilgore is currently not <laughs> waiting on the line for us to finish up this conversation uh Darius had a little a little issue had to back out of the the conversation here this week we're going to try and run the Hall of Famer down in the weeks to come, but uh, had a little something come up. So interview didn't happen this week. We apologize for that. We'll catch up with Darius down the road, but you know, a lot of talk about what, what's happening or what's going to happen to summer lacrosse, CLA lacrosse, uh, PLL lacrosse, MLL. For me 
Brad, and we haven't had really had this conversation, so maybe this is the time and, and the place to do it. The NOL is is the top dog. I I got to believe it, right? And they have to kind of do – I mean, I think all leagues – the statement here is all leagues have to do what's best for them. And I think that's true to a certain regard. The NOL is putting 15,000 people in some arenas around the country and, and, and continent. And you can't compare that to what's happening around a, a province or a country. You just can't. No, no, you can't. And I, I totally agree. And, you, and you've said the thing before is that all leagues need to look out for themselves. But, you know, I wish that all leagues would be looking out for the National Lacrosse, but it's not like that. No, and or for you, each you, other. You, I, it's it, hard. For each other is for the greater good, right? Like I think about the National Hockey League and it's not like minor hockey in Canada is looking out for the National Hockey League because they don't they don't give a, uh, a crap what they're doing. But at least they can all agree that that's the premier league to get to. We have the same rule book. Everything is aligned with the goal to escalate every level up to support that National Hockey League yeah. and to get people to that National Hockey League. We don't have that in lacrosse because in the summertime, there's 100 years of tradition you're competing with. And that league in a lot of towns thinks that it's it's bigger than the National Lacrosse League and is looking out for their own interest. And rightly so if you're in Peterborough or Victoria. I get it, man. But, you know, we, I know we go back and forth, man. Like it, it has to... It all comes back down to the same spot. It's got to be for the greater good of the game, and the greater good of the game is getting these kids um, to the pros where they can make some money and one day be full-time professional athletes in this game, and that's got to start from from mini-tyke on up. Yeah, the grassroots on up, and, and you're right. Like it, it, That's always the word that comes back around from outsiders when they look at the sport of lacrosse, and it's fractured. Man, are you guys fractured between – provinces between leagues between indoor and outdoor and like I, I don't know how we get everybody on the same page and and listen like i i played in the wla i have i work in the wla i love the wla i really really do so we're we're, we're, we're we'll see what happens here with uh with when the season starts and how it affects everybody else. But the National Lacrosse League is going to do what the National Lacrosse League is going to do. This might be the shakeup that all of Canadian lacrosse uh, needs. It could be the shakeup that all lacrosse needs this summer. We're going to find out who who's still standing at the end of at the end. Well, of hopefully it doesn't then. come to that. Like I'd love to see everybody kind of standing together and working together on it. That's going to take a, a pretty heavy conversation one way or the other. And like I'm not just talking about CLA and WLA and MSL. Like The PLL and Paul Rabel have a lot of clout as far as where players want to play. Like I think from all accounts, everybody enjoyed their experience playing in the bubble and what it means to play in the PLL. And if you're asking some of your top American guys, like I don't think it's a, even a question for, for a Canadian guy. Maybe it is. But for some of their top American players, asking them to choose one or the other, man. Like, yeah, they're, choos- no, they're choosing PLL 10 times out of 10 if it's one of those you know, Tom Schreiber types or a Grant Amen type that we're talking about. Yeah, Matt about Rambo. Yeah, that, like, that's that's going to be an issue. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's it's something we'll, we'll – Obviously, keep our our ear on. And and last thing I'll say on it is that 
I haven't given up on, on Reed Reinhold coming on the program, and he still has a, a couple of T's to cross, and one of them was the opt-out clause in the in the current CBA. I don't know how that vote went or, or where they're at. I think some productive talks between the league and the, and the P, new PA leadership have taken place, um, but not quite ready to, to kind of come on and spill it here on the podcast yet. But I believe and I want to hope that Reed Reinhold – will be on next week, and remind me if I forget, Brad, that that's something that I think Reed needs to answer to, is is what's in, in place and what's the plan if that is, in fact, when the season begins and, and you got to clash with Canadian lacrosse in the PLL. Yeah. Yeah, well, this the whole, the whole child team is going to be very educational and interesting. There's a lot to – a lot to get to and because a lot of it has been kept behind the curtain as far as the nitty gritty of those negotiations go. So any, uh, any little bit that we can get out there to the people is going to be, is going to be much appreciated by me. It's going to be much appreciated by the people listening. I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, this was supposed to be <laughs> just a quick little, Yeah, this is what would we have asked Dar- Darius Kilgore here? I was going to ask when he knew JT would be a good head coach. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask him his health cause he did get, hit by a car tragically a couple years ago right. and has a metal bar in his femur or something. So I wanted to know about that. What yeah. else were you going to ask? Well, Garrison? I was going to ask him what his desire level to get back into the national lacrosse league and, and be a coach. Uh, That's a big one. Was, you know, like, I don't, I don't think the GM role will, will ever pop up for him, but if I'm not mistaken, the guy holds the record for most wins as an NLL coach. I, yeah, I think he, I think he did, and then I think he got, he's got been surpassed in recent years. Okay. I do believe, but he did hold that at one time, and he spent what over a decade with the Bandits and with a couple championships yeah, three, there. Three, so. three championships, uh, jersey hanging from the rafters as well, and and Hall of Famer. And listen, the, I don't know, like the, from what I from what I understand, and and again, we'll try and get him back on, but one of the most brilliant lacrosse minds you're ever gonna find. So, and fierce, fierce competitor. Oh. Every time I hear someone on a podcast or an interview oh. talk about Darius, Darius Kilgore, yeah. uh, it's just they've never seen such such a fierce competitor. Not even on the floor, but behind the bench, like it, it went everywhere with him. Any kind of game you want, forty three was there for you. Um, so there's quarter two, and and that's just you know that's a impromptu, spontaneous conversation right there that we weren't really planning on having that just spilled out into to class 103 here. So hope uh, – and that's that's a conversation that we're going to need to continue to have, I'm sure. Let's break here, Bradley, and let's get to Hollywood. Not down there in California. We're talking Tommy Marichek, Hall of Famer from the Philadelphia Wings, next quarter three, Lax Class Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Mike Poulin, goaltender for the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Brad Schellner with you. 
And now joined by 2007 NLL Hall of Fame inductee, former Philadelphia wing great, the jersey number 42, hangs in the rafters as well. A fantastic career with the Philadelphia Wings. Good Victoria boy as well. And now uh, the lead man down at the IMG Academy in Florida where he's hanging out right now. It's one none other than Tommy Hollywood Marichek on the podcast. Tommy, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, how's things going down in Florida? Jake, it's been going really well. You know, it's, it was a big move for our family. I was actually in Baltimore for the last 24 and a half years. And I got a phone call last May of 2019 from them asking if I would like to interview for the, the job as the director of lacrosse. So this is uh, something that you didn't even know about. They they came looking for you. Like, you did not apply for this. They came yeah, after you. They actually came to me maybe three years ago, and I wasn't ready because I had a very good life in Baltimore with my family. We have two sons, Kerner and Kate, ninth grade, sixth grade, uh, my wife, Catherine, and... Uh, I was a school teacher. I was an athletic director. I, I did it all. I was a coach for many years, but I had a very successful camp, uh, lacrosse camp company, all pro lacrosse camps. And I, I wasn't ready at that time, three to four years ago when they reached me, reached out to me, but Baltimore was great. We have a lot of good friends there. And, uh, and obviously when they called me, I, I, we interviewed and I flew down and, uh, the rest is history. It's been a, it's been a great move for us and our family for, uh, what we're doing here. I was going to say, how hard of that sell was that to the family? Hey, Florida is on the radar. What do you guys think? Yeah, right? It's, uh, yeah. Um, the campus is just spectacular down there, Tommy. Like, yeah, the facilities are, I know you got, like, your personalized golf cart and everything down there, but, I mean, the facilities yeah. down there are, for people, paint the picture down there for, for people that don't know about the IMG Academy. Well, like, I, you know, the culture and the, and the, uh, and the philosophy of what we have is, is amazing. And you see a lot of good athletes. You see former pro baseball players, football players that I, you know, met over the last year that are coaching these kids up, you know, they're not just getting your Joe smoke, uh, coach that teaches phys ed and in history during the day and put a whistle on at two thirty and go out and, and coach up. These guys are all former pro players and, college coaches that are on campus in every sport, you know, we're just, we're sports specific. Uh, it's an amazing, you know, 700 acre campus. <laughs> and it's, it's hard. It's really hard. to. You can see the videos, you go on our Instagrams, our YouTubes yeah. of IMG and, but it, you really can't get the full satisfaction until you're really on campus of what we really do here. Chase Scanlon, uh, Tohoka Nanako coming out of there recently. Did you get a chance to, to get your hands on those guys and, and see what they are going to bring to the NLL one day? It's great. No, you know, I, I'm new. I, I came later. I came after those guys. And uh, Tohoka and I had a, a beer together at a local establishment here. He, he came back to see some of his uh, his old teammates that I'm, I'm involved with now. Uh, great kid. Very, very polite, respectful young man. Uh, you know, Scanlon's another story and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been good. You know, we're trying to start a pipeline of not only Let's get some Island. Western guys going there, Tommy, Hey, yeah. a couple of kids out of Victoria, maybe one, one or two off the mainland. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, if you can do me a favor, Jake, and, oh. and start trying to get those kids lined up for me, I'm, 
my goal is to get some of those Western kids. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, it's not cheap. It's, uh, you know, that I'm yeah. not, a. it's not, it's not, but they, they get a lot out of it. You know, college oh placement, college placement's the number one thing we do. Well, you know, I, I got coaches on speed dial on my phone. I yeah. know every coach. And it's essentially, had- it's essentially like going to college before you go to college. Like it really prepares you for what the next step is going to be for those guys. It really, it really does. You know, I tell guys all the time, they have their coaching staff every single day on the fields, but they have their other coaching staff in the athletic performance development. They have their strength and conditioning coach, their speed agility coach, their nutrition coach, their leadership coach, <laughs> their mental coach. Sign me up, man. Like I, I might go back to school for, for and, this. Uh... Yeah. It's, it's an incredible, <laughs> it's an incredible place, Jake. And, uh, my two sons, well, I'm very fortunate. They're 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 here. That's One's awesome. a ninth grade lacrosse player. The young the younger kids just do an APD, not a sport yet, but he will obviously be a lacrosse kid in, in two years at IMG. So it's been a great uh, a great fit for us. Well, that's that's awesome. Uh, enough about IMG. We're here to talk about Tommy Hollywood Marichek, the Hall of Famer. Uh, let's bring it back to to the early days before Syracuse and and with your time in Victoria and the Shamrocks and the Gate Brothers and the Peppers and see Brad and I remember all this sort of stuff us being BC guys but some of our listeners may not and and that's how it kind of all began for you way back when uh talk about the early days coming up through through the Shamrocks and the Esquimalt and the Sea Spray and all that uh, I remember a goal back in 97 man cup that we'll talk about as well the around the world that uh, always gets replayed as one of the greatest goals ever scored but what was that experience like for you as a kid getting to play with the Peppers and the Gates and in a place like Victoria it, well this is, it was very special you know I looked up to uh, the Gates and the Peppers and I'll tell you an interesting story before Sea Spray we used to scrimmage the uh, the peppers we call them the pepper team. The gates weren't even mentioned. So Garrett, so Grant and Greg were yeah. were the studs on the team as young kids. Yeah, people don't know that. A lot of people don't oh, know no, that that they no. were better oh, than we have, the gates. Yeah. Oh God, we got to we got to scrimmage the peppers. So I played on a team in Saanich a year younger. You know, with Mike Simpson and Darren Rizek and all those guys, and uh, and we always had to scrimmage the peppers, and we were nervous as hell. You know they. Like, you know, they would be on breakaway stopping and turning back around because it was such a joke. They would kill us. It was just one-sided. They would beat us by 15 goals a game. But uh, the Peppers were the team. And Gary and Paul got a little bit bigger, stronger, faster when they reached that certain age of, you know, 13, 14. And, you know, the Gates, obviously, what they've done, you know, with with, uh, lacrosse growing up, bouncing on junior teams when they're 14 years old is crazy. Yeah. Well, and then you guys were that first wave of Canadian guys and especially Western guys heading to the NCAA. Um, you know, what was the, was that ever something that crossed your mind as a teenager? I know Chris Hall was a big part of that, sort of getting guys on the radar of the national teams and getting a look from Syracuse. But, you know, when you're 15, 16, did you ever think, hey, I'm going to go play university, NCAA, Div 1, field across? No, not at all. Not even, th- not even a m- mention. My brother, Bill Marichek, obviously was a very good lacrosse player growing up with Kevin Alexander and those guys. Billy was a better field lacrosse player. He was on the Shamrocks, uh, but uh, didn't have a, a stellar senior A career for the Victoria Shamrocks. But once field lacrosse started in 1980 with the Victoria Sea Spray men's, you know, Billy and Kevy were probably the two best players on the team. And uh, they never got looks. You know, we did 
schools didn't look for Victoria, but Vancouver boys back then in the early eighties, uh, John Crowther was the only first guy that had that first full scholarship offer to Rutgers university and God bless his soul. You know, he's not with us anymore. Yeah, retired um, his Jersey as well. Right. For Shamrock, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. What a great, he was my PE teacher actually at Lambert park high school. Wow. Wow. Spe- yeah. Speaking with Tommy Marichek here and, Man, uh, you, you go on to Syracuse. I want to know a couple of things here. Why why you wore number 42? I know that number you know followed you your whole career. But the backhand, or the over-the-shoulder, if you will, and, and for people that don't know, that haven't seen you play, you had a backhand that was like harder and more accurate than some guys could shoot overhand or underhand. How did you – develop that why did you develop that was it a case where you're at field lacrosse and and didn't want to switch hands and just started working on your backhand so much that you got that good at it or or how did that happen so tell me about the backhand and tell me about number 42 so the backhand started with my brother billy backhander um (laughs) you know he doesn't get that much credit he's uh an older gentleman yeah everybody thought he was my dad playing with me in the driveway (laughs) um so i'm 52 now billy's 65 so he was in my he was in the driveway in Shelburne Street in Victoria, tennis ball, four by four goal, shooting all day. He would actually put the pads on and I'd be shooting on him with uh, Robbie Dillon. Okay. That guy's yeah, name. yeah. So Robbie Dill- Robbie Dillon was one of my best friends growing up in Gordon Head uh, in Victoria. So Robbie would be in the driveway with me and a couple other kids. And uh, so the backhand started with my brother just teaching me the fundamentals, the you know the formation. And then I started with my top hand snapping it yeah. a little bit harder than most people. And I got, I just, it's just, you know, repetition. You get accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Repetition, like anything, muscle memory, repetition becomes like second nature to me. And, and it's just boom, boom, boom. And I, you know where it's going kind of. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And 42? 42. So I was number 10. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. I was, I was 10 all my life. I was 10 as a, uh, when I was seven, when I started at Sandwich Peninsula, through my Sandwich years to Victoria Sea Spray, 10, 10, 10, 10. And that's why I kind of always looked up at Gary Gate because he was 10 and Paul was nine on the Sea Spray team when they were a year older well. than me. Okay. It was kind of cool. Like, oh, Gary Gate's 10. I'm 10 too. This is neat. So growing up, you know, I was 10. And finally, after my junior year, we won the Mitchell Cup in 1988. I was ten still, and that was your that was, just so people that was like the last year that you guys got it done after going like four or five years in a row and not getting it done, right? Yeah, we had you know as you know, Jake. I'm sure you look at the the, the roster on paper. We probably had the best team <laughs> yeah. every year, but yeah. Hey, sometimes was, you got to get was, to the get to the summit before you or whatever yeah, yeah. that saying yeah, is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, but there was not enough. There's not enough balls on the on the floor. <laughs> Everybody wanted the ball. Everybody wanted the ball. Peppers, Marichek, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I went to Syracuse in '89 uh, January, and uh, I get there, and there's only three more three uh, numbers uh, to pick uh, from: 33, 37, 42. Because I got there second semester, and uh, I remember this one cat I played against in the 1985 Mental Cup in Whitby, Ontario, 1985. You guys probably remember this star, lefty. Uh, Joey Newendike. Joey Newendike. Joey Newendike. Yeah, so go. I looked at, so I rifled through these pictures, and I saw Joe Newendike was number 42. And that's the only reason I had 42, because my starting goalie 
All-American goalie and championship goalie, Matt Palum, was number 10. And he had two more years with me. Yeah. So I know too, you too bad, you, freshman. You're you're wearing forty two. Yeah. Hey, little freshman guy, just yeah. you know, yeah. get whatever. Canadian, you got. Get Canadian freshman kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, Canadian guy with the mullet. With the mullet. Yeah, get the scraps. <laughs> There's so many ways we can go go with you, Tom. Uh, I wanna know. So, you know, you're at you're at college, you're at Syracuse, you guys are absolute rock stars there, have changed the game sold out stadiums, you go to the National Lacrosse League, same story with your Philadelphia Wings, like that was prime NLL there, like Wells Fargo Center, 16,000, Would have been the Spectrum back then. then. But you got to play in in front of some of the most rabid lacrosse crowds ever in some of the biggest games of all time. Like, did you ever have a sense of feeling like this is peak lacrosse right here? Like, what was was that moment where you're like, "We're, we're the biggest thing in town right now? Yeah. No, it was special because I, I've said this on other podcasts. I was actually uh, drafted by the Buffalo Bandits. So when I finished Syracuse, I was drafted by the Buffalo Bandits in round one or whatever it was back then. And I was still finishing up my, my school, my academics, finished playing lacrosse in 92, finishing up. I had a serious girlfriend, kind of got burnt out of lacrosse. You know, four years at Syracuse, very historic, awesome career fun championships, but I just wanted to take a year off. So driving to Buffalo two and a half hours from Syracuse didn't really excite me. Um, I I went to two practices and I was like, you know what, this is, I don't feel, I don't feel it. I don't really feel like I'm part of this team. They just won the championship the year before. They were one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. 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 They they just won the championship the year before. And I, I, you know, unselfishly you know i had just said you guys i'm good i'm good i'm gonna sit a year off so i called gary and paul and, and paul and gary just got on the wings you know the that year before and they're like i'll talk we'll talk to mike french for you so i got on the phone with mike and mike's like yeah we'll, we're gonna take we're gonna pick you up for next season that's and, and the rest was history so from 90 93 fall through 2005 I played 12 and a half, you know, years, obviously, with them and didn't want to change, did not want to go to the Thunder. Balt- I lived in Baltimore the whole time. Yeah. And the Thunder the Thunder had all this cash for me. And I'm like, no, I'm good at Philly. I- sweet, I sweet Lou Delgatti couldn't uh, couldn't convince you to come that way. No, so Lou was, <laughs> Lou was gone. Sweet Lou was gone. He, he was gone, uh, I think, a year or two years before I got there. Yeah. So he, he was done playing. And I came in '93, and uh, I think he was done in '92. But uh, well, yeah, I know, I know, know Sweet Lou. Yeah, good, good dude. We we stayed uh, at Sweet Lou's place when we were back there for the Brogdon Cup playing Team Toyota. I don't know if you were on that Team Toyota back in '95 or not uh, for the Brogdon Cup, but no, no, no. man. Well, Gary and, and and a bunch of those guys were. Um, you look at your entire career and Brad and I were kind of going like, man, still productive with 80 points in your last year before you kind of walked away. But out of all the years in the NLL and, and, you know, you can even include the, the man cup years with the Shamrocks and, and your time back East, but do you got a favorite championship or two that you always kind of reminisce on that you think, man, that those were my favorite times. Yeah, I do. Actually. It's funny. I have uh, a very fortunate, you know, Gary Gate and I have, Many rings. I keep my rings actually in my uh, sock drawer. In I've seen the world. Facebook picture where you're like, yeah, I'm out of yeah. fingers. So I, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, it's, in a, it's in a Crown Royal bag, actually. Love it. Um, I do got to get a stand for it. But no, I, I would say the mental cup has to be one. Yeah. That was a hard fought, 
career to win that finally at home in Memorial Arena, which is no longer right. the very famous arena that I, I love. Miss those um, hot dogs, man. Miss those hot those, dogs. Those, those onions grilling <laughs> and the hot dogs and the buns. Yeah. Um, I would have to say Syracuse first year, 89, you know, my first championship in the NCAA in front of 25,000 fans at Bird Stadium, Maryland. That was ridiculous. Uh, unbelievable. ESPN covered it live. It, that was that had to be up there. And, and obviously the 2001 championships in Toronto in Air Canada Center. Right. We were underdogs coming into that game. Yeah, nobody expected you guys to win that game. No, no. And I was the assistant captain and 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 Stilly was captain in Dallas and, and we grabbed Mark Millen that year and we just had a chip on our shoulder. We we went in there saying, guys, you know, they they put a lot of press out saying we're a bunch of wimps and Americans and we don't cut down the middle and we don't, you know, like taking hits. <laughs> And we, we got together. We got together in our shoot-around before the game. I still remember that specifically, and uh, we were pissed off. We were really pissed off about that, and we came on fire. As you, you know, if you watch that game, we are up, what, 7-1. The final score really didn't have um, the meaning of the game. We right. were really – we kicked the, the crap out of them, and it <laughs> felt so good. <laughs> So you got the Man Cup, uh, Tommy. But when we look back on on your stats and stuff, there wasn't a ton of of summer lacrosse. I just thought was that one season in Victoria where you come back and win a Man Cup. Was that again? You mentioned not liking to travel a ton, but you know, I I, I want to know if that if that improved. You think your NLL career and helped you put up such big numbers? You weren't taking such a pounding from from May to September, like like a lot do. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny you say that. Um, you know, I, I had to make money, you know, and camps were it. So during the summer, I started my own camp business in 1995 and became very successful. And really one and, of the uh, first guys to kind of get that sort of program going, Tommy. Uh, yeah, you know, the Gates tried it. They tried it when I was still at Syracuse. They tried it in 91, 92, the camp. And, and uh, you know, it, it kind of – they didn't like it. They didn't enjoy it. But I was a teacher – uh, and uh, I understood it more, and I have a very, I had a great staff. I had, geez, I had 10 to 12 kid, guy, lacrosse coaches with me that were Division One players that were with me for the 23 years I had a camp business, all wow. pro lacrosse camps. Wow. So that helps to have good a good staff, and uh, so that, you know, I, I just, I had enough. You know, I played my, my Toyotas and my Mount Washington Spring, you know, men's club and, and all that, and I, I just – didn't really, you know, going back to Canada, playing box didn't excite me. And I did have a stint. I played in Brooklyn in 90 when I was still at Syracuse. We won the Man Cup then. Uh, I wasn't a big part of it. I had some stupid asthma thing going, but uh, we did win. We won, beat the Vancouver Berards four games straight, 4-0, I think. It was Yeah, they didn't even sniff us. <laughs> Dwight, Mac <laughs> Dwight Mackey had a lead for a Dwight Mackey had to leave for a wedding, oh, so he lost her best. No. Well, you room. know what, Tommy? He probably didn't have to leave. He, <laughs> he probably chose to leave. So, uh... <laughs> and John T and Tavares, rookie, yeah, was, rookie in the yeah, in the rookie. WLA back Johnny then. Johnny well. T was on the team, and he didn't he didn't do much. And, and so I did that in '90, and I did come back in '94. Gary Paul and I got this big Reebok sponsorship, and we played one more year in in '94. Uh, 
for the Brooklyn Redmen, but we didn't go that far. I think we made it to like uh, the quarterfinals. Um, but uh, yeah, but Vancouver, when Gary went there, Gary's like selling me, hey, Tommy, yeah. it's our mental cup team. It's our mental cup yeah, team. Yeah, hard to turn that back. down, right? Hard it's, to turn you that know, down. And I'm looking at pictures of the old peppers De and, Zormo and hamilton and yeah. all, all my mental cup guys and i'm like i gotta play yeah i gotta go home and play why and wouldn't so you? why wouldn't you? and i'll tell you it was probably the best summer i've had since because i it was the longest time i've actually spent at home since i left in 89 is that right i was there for three full months and it, it was exciting just to catch up with all my buddies golf you know i met steve nash that summer we golfed together. Cool. So, yeah, and, and you know the rest was history. That was a great man cup. Where sure was uh, Niagara, if I believe, uh, in that yep. man cup, which was a bit unique uh, for that year for sure. Last one here for for me, Hollywood, and and we were kind of texting before you came on the podcast, and you're like, I I want to nominate somebody for the Hall of Fame. So I want to ask you. We had actually we had Dally uh, Dallas Elliott and, and Mike French on last week, um, yep. so they're already in. But for a guy, I'm sure it's going to be a, a Philly wing if I'm not if I'm not mistaken <laughs> here. But uh, no, really, no way. <laughs> for. A guy who's in the hall, who and you you get to have a vote now as as uh, Mike French has kind of revamped the Hall of Fame structure here. Who would you put forward to nominate for the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame if you could put one in? Kevin Fitterin. That's who Dallas Elliott said as well. Kevin Fitterin, without a doubt, without a doubt. Tell me why, he Tom. Was, he was in the mix. He was in the mix. He was the best American player. I actually wrote some stats down. I I went and if, when you when you uh, reached out to me, yeah. So Kevin was uh, retired seventh uh, all-time leading scorer in the history of the league in 2003. Retired as the all-time leading American scorer in the history of the league. Retired as the Ironman of lacrosse, 158 straight games wow. in 13 seasons. Wow. That might be the second most impressive all- thing. Second all-time leading Philadelphia wing scorer of all time. Championship game record, eight assists versus Buffalo, 94. Philadelphia Wings playoff assist leader, 24, 25 and a half, time, uh, five-time NLL champion. So he's got five rings. I only have four. <laughs> only, only. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. The well, kid. Well, and Frenchie was saying, Frenchie was saying last week, like the, the the new criteria that he wants is he wants guys who who have championship pedigree. Like that was going to be one of the big and things longevity year, so. too. Like longevity, I mean, yeah. man, yeah. what an iron streak that is. Yeah. Like, and, and I'll tell you, very self, very uh, selfless, uh, great teammate, um, and, and he's amazing. Great athlete. You know, he's a lefty, hard shot, and he would do anything for the team. So. But no, I don't think anybody really. And you know, Jake Berge's a talk. I love Jake. Yeah, yeah. I think Finn's Finn's got to go in before anybody. All right. Uh, Dallas Elliott said the same thing. So that's two Hall of Famers and a vote for Kevin Finner. And uh, you got my vote as well, Tommy. It's uh, been great to to catch up with you. Keep up the good work down there at IMG. We'll maybe talk off air and and, and line up a little pipeline here from the mainland for you and get some guys uh, heading down to Florida. Be safe. Be well. And uh, Thanks for doing this again, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. My Take pleasure. Care, that great conversation right there, Brad Challoner, with, with Tommy Marichek. Man, uh, like we could go another half an hour with that guy right there. Yeah, Pretty easy, I think. What's interesting, too, like he now lives in – 
Florida. That's literally as far as you can get from, from Victoria, from Victoria, BC. Yeah. And he, you know, he was a pioneer. He did it. He did it his own way the whole time too, you know, taking those times off, taking those breaks, retiring at his own, uh, on his own accord, really, when he's still putting up a 40, scored 40 goals the year he retired. Yeah. Like uh, he could 40. have kept going, but this is a guy who's made tough decisions in his life. And I always respect guys who make tough life decisions and kind of forge their own path. And, and he's one of those dudes. I don't think there's too many guys walking away from the game while you're putting up 80 point, 40 no. point, 40 goals in his last year of professional cross. That is crazy, man. Brad, I don't know if you ever saw, got some play live, but this guy's backhand, there's never going to be another one like it, man. I'm telling you, he revolutionized the, the shot in the past. Like he would just drop dimes over his shoulder, like nobody's business. And, that couldn't have been an easy thing for him to kind of grow up in the shadows. Like you said, the pepper is actually better than the gates coming up, but to kind of grow up in the shadows of that, and, and maybe that's what made him so good is that he kept inspiring. Like, I want to be as good. I want to be better than those guys. And maybe that pushed him to the excellence that he reached. But, man, he stands on his own, uh, on his own, doesn't he, with, with what he accomplished in his career. Like he's got, well, the- that's, that's, and that's, that's the philosophical question they ask over time is, you know, he, he pushed himself. Would he have pushed himself if there weren't the gates there? So he, yes, he stands on his own, Yeah. but does he stand on his own if he wasn't playing with the gates and the peppers as a 12 year old kid in his driveway? Like that's, that's what makes these towns like Victoria and Coquitlam and new Westminster, so special and, and that's just towns in the west think your orangevilles and your peterboroughs and that like yeah. when you're when you're when you're playing backyard lacrosse with with the guys that are <laughs> you know junior a mvps yeah you're gonna end up pretty good yourself right yeah. so just surround yourself with those people man unreal ring for every finger if i'm not mistaken for Gosh. hollywood tommy marichek uh what a career and, and now doing great things down at the img academy and uh Going to be successful, whatever that guy puts his mind to. Great conversation there with Hollywood. It was all brought to you by the good folks at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Canada's largest Wrangler dealers and offer everything Wrangler for men, ladies, kids. Need some jeans? We have them in large variety of sizes, colors too. How about the classic looking Western shirt? Maybe some pearl snap buttons. They have those too. Jean jackets, of course. The legendary Storm Rider. Flannel shirts. They got it all. Stampede Tack and Western. We're out there in Cloverdale. Since 1966, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. I can't encourage you enough. If you've never checked out the website, and I sit here and I talk about it, trust me, just do it and then report back. I know you're not going to be disappointed. And, and like I said, Christmas coming up here, Brad. Uh, always a good time to purchase yourself some Western wear. That was a massive third quarter there with Tommy Marichek. Let's take a quick break. Let's head to the fourth. You know what comes up. Quick sticks and something else next here on episode 103 of Lacrosse Classified. Hey, this is Dylan Ward, goaltender for the Colorado Mammoth. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back. Lax class into the fourth quarter. That means no more breaks here on the program. Jay Kelly, Brad Challenger with you. Heck of a conversation there with Tom Marichek. I don't know what that was, like 25 minutes or something, Brad. I feel like that that could have gone on a, a quite a while there. Uh, fascinating guy, and what a career. He's down in Florida. He's tanned. He's relaxed. 
He has a fantastic job. The sun is shining. Like life is good. Yeah. Life is good for Tom. Absolutely. For sure. Speaking of life is good, uh, we haven't got to this yet. Congratulations goes out to you, Brad Schoner. Uh Not podcast related here, but a uh, nice little promotion down there at your regular day job. Uh, now the music director of Virgin and QM, a double dipping down there at the big tower above uh, Victoria's Secret, downtown Vancouver. Congrats, buddy. That's a that's a major deal for you and, and your family. Thanks, man. They call it uh, expanding the brand portfolio. Mm. So now I was the assistant I wouldn't program know. director. I wouldn't I was know. the assistant program director, music director of 103.5 QM FM here in Vancouver, which is today's best variety, Bon Jovi to Bieber, all pop music, uh, Christmas music, and, you know, sooner rather than later. Well... <laughs> But now you know now, what you know what daddy's like in the Christmas music, man. Oh yeah, I know. Now, it, now you're in you're in big trouble, right? Now it's out yeah. There now again. now I'm looking after uh, Vancouver's number one hit music station, ninety four point five Virgin Radio. Which T Swift, when, for for a young guy getting into radio years ago, that that's what you want. You want to be or the if it's a rock station, you want to be on a top forty radio station. Grande chance to break new music so get ready for some taylor swift get ready for some justin bieber the new ariana dropped this week positions yeah. but it's gonna be fun to get my hands on some some new music and work with an incredible jonas brothers sean mendez just his name who you know what about uh the baby i have uh, an Metro 11 Boomin. i have an 11 year old daughter brad that uh likes vancouver's number one hit music so she'll be she'll be a big fan you bet um it's time for quick sticks and quick sticks of course are brought to you by manscaped and halloween coming up here brad and no better time to to get yourself in order than uh than halloween you know you head off to uh the halloween parties you're in your costume but things can happen at, at halloween parties and you don't want to be like caught off guard. You want to be cleaned up and manscaped properly. Should should things go well on on trick or treat night? That's that's right. What are you doing? With, you're not allowed to do anything this year. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do some some pumpkin carving. Uh, I'm talking actual pumpkins here, Brad. Not my uh, proverbial pumpkins with the lawnmower 3.0, but uh, uh, you know, just carve some pumpkins and I don't know. I'll probably eat some candy. Yeah, I've been into it already. Yeah, because we know that we're not going to get many to the house. So that box of Kit Kat Aero Coffee Crisp Smarty <laughs> oh, Combo the, is already, already half gone. Yeah, yeah, the pack. Yeah. You got to go for the mix pack. But yeah, so I think we'll we'll get out there. I'm actually there. I'm thinking about. We'll get to this in in something else in a second here um, with Jim with Jimmer. But I'm thinking about putting my gear on because they're saying like you got to accept candy and a lacrosse stick. They want you to be yeah yeah three to six feet away or whatever right so i've got some gear you gotta put the full my, gear my playing days i've got a bunch of stuff that it was donated to me when the when the when the stealth folded up shop and, and moved to vancouver yeah so i might just i might just go full gear i might just go as logan shuss <laughs> and get out there with my kids and accept the candy for them there you my, go. I'd, I'd, i think i'd pick mitch jones uh if i was going to pick anybody being being Mitch Jones. Uh, so manscaped.com promo code laxclass20. I know I get messages uh, almost daily here, Brad, of, of people saying that they either have just used the promo code laxclass20, they're excited to get their products, or people that have just gotten their products have used their products and given me rave reviews on manscaped.com promo code laxclass20. 
I, I concur. I concur. My wife gave out the promo code to uh, a bunch of friends of hers, and they were all starting to stock up for, for Christmas there presents for their husband. So <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot beat that. I'm telling you, this isn't just for this is as much for the lady listeners as it is for the men because the ladies like their men manscaped it just and it, the la- the ladies can use the the lawnmower sure too. Can. like it's a nice it's a nice clean shave goes all the way all yeah. the way down to the skin it's or make no it a, like a make it like no a couple's pulling. thing like where you, you you're there together you know shower what i don't i'm just throwing ideas out there make it make it an art night get fancy you can <laughs> Some drawings, carve your initials. There you go. Lax Class Twenty is your promo code. Uh, we we are both awaiting the arrival of the Weed Whacker. I cannot wait to to give that thing a test drive. Uh, so we'll we'll comment on that in the coming weeks, as well. But this is Quick Sticks, and not a ton of Quick Sticks this week, but a few to go along with. I don't know if you saw this story or not, Brad. Uh, Senior B Timberman, Nanaimo Timberman, back in the news again for all the right reasons. Uh, Kyle McKinnis, one of the players there, longtime senior B Timberman, Timberman Plumbing, saw a story where a guy had his tools ripped off out of his truck and got the senior B Timberman together, did a little fundraiser, and bought this guy who had his tools ripped off a brand new set of tools so he could get back to work. Like, just uh, like they can do no wrong, these senior B Timberman. Like, all teams should model themselves after this organization. They really can. There's something about, and the memo has a senior A team and a junior they do. A team, but there's there's something about senior B teams being that much more connected into the fabric of the community because they're all from there for the most part, right? The senior A guys can travel in, even the junior A guys. You might get guys from from Victoria or even over from the mainland, but like those senior B guys are they're like Nanaimo proud, yeah, lifers, and they're always doing. Yeah, they, they they bond together. Their their parties are great off outside for any senior B team, right? The spirit and the parties that you go to. <laughs> Usually the best ones, yeah. They are the best ones. Those yeah. guys know how to get down. They're they're local. They're good old boys. So there you go. They do it right. Uh, BCLA uh, lightening up the rules a little bit. This is perfect timing, just in time for XLL here. Brad, now allowed to battle in the corners for loose balls. Once again, still no face-offs, which is... You know, like, I'm actually pretty excited to see what box is like without face-offs. Like, just basketball style. Score a goal, change of possession, boom, away you go. So, but they've loosened up the rules a little bit on loose balls, so that's good. And speaking of balls, uh, the Pepsi Center, no more, Brad Challoner. It is now Ball Arena in Denver. Uh, I saw the, the mammoth tweeting this out over the, over the last week. That's wild. Teddy Jenner and Jamie Shushak are going to have a field day with the amount of puns they can bring to Ball Arena. <laughs> well, it's hey, still the loud house for the most part, yeah. but you, they're going to have some fun with that. If you read the, the thread on the announcement, uh, some fans have already started with that fun. Junior XLL, now with the XLL ready to launch here in, in just a couple of weeks, uh, I think uh, plans in the works for a junior XLL, which is going to mesh nicely here, give the youngsters a place to play. So keep an eye out for that. I believe all four rosters are already full, but you, you can check it out at Extreme Lacrosse League. Link is in the bio. Sign yourself up. Get on the spare list if you can't get on a team. Speaking of the XLL, Brad, I know a lot of XLL news here, but uh, photographer Paul Evans, our good buddy Adam Levy, writer extraordinaire, will be filming uh, or 
writing and photographing the league. Uh, Keith Gunny, Nick Thomas will be the officials of uh, the official officials, I guess, Brad, is how I want to say it, of the XLL and still working on a, on a webcast uh, set up here, but thinking we're going through lacrosse TV. So people are going to be able to watch the XLL. May not be live because of the internet capabilities in the building, but if not, they'll be uploaded the next day to lacrosse TV and, and fans will be able to uh, check out the archives. And like I said, tons of pros in the league here. I think a lot of people starve to watch the lacrosse. It's going to be good. Yeah, you guys aren't messing around. And to get uh, to swing for the fences, get Adam Levy, man. Right. Now you're, you're bringing out the real pros. No, Adam, Adam, if there's a lacrosse game within driving distance mm. of Adam Levy in his beautiful home in Kitsilano, yes. he's getting there and he's writing a story and he's all involved. It's, it's, it's awesome to see. Can't wait. So keep your ears open for that. Last one is is a tough one. Uh, actually, not the last one. I want to give a quick mention to one Travis Cornwall, who I saw tweeted out the other day, uh, got an initiative going. He's putting a NLL rookie handbook together for the Players Association, which I think is just a brilliant idea all around and suddenly he said he's been kind of pondering and, and procrastinating over for a couple of years but finally said enough's enough and uh things like you know uh pack your bag the night before you you after the game before you go out and party so all you have to lay your clothes out so all you have to do is just wake up get dressed and you're out the door for your flight so you don't miss your flight don't play credit card roulette at the at the airport with the vets uh things like this but also He's made an initiative for unused tickets to have homes for these unused tickets that players get a, an allotment of tickets, whether it be on the road or at home. Any unused tickets are going to start to go to, you know, the Boys and Girls Club or, or what have you, schools around uh, their local areas of each team. This is a fantastic idea from TC. Yeah, well done. Well done, Travis Cornwall. Get butts in the seats. Expose the game to people that are less fortunate or people that may have not thought about coming to a game before. Get them in the building. Make them fall in love and don't have don't have empty seats because it goes a lot. Like, if there's a rookie that doesn't have any friends in in Denver when he flies in there, yeah. you know, help help some kids out in that area to come check out a lacrosse and game. Listen, I think that's long overdue. I'm surprised something like that hasn't happened. Yeah, it's great. And listen, you get 40 first-timers to a lacrosse game, you get two three that you turn into lifelong fans that is a massive win and i know that sounds like a small number but that's all it takes right because then those two three people are going to introduce the game to another 40 people or whatever it may be and and that's the way you got to grow it and like you said, unused tickets, why not? This is this is great stuff from, from Travis and the Players Association. So well done to him, and I, and I know he's listening. And, and now the last one, it's a heavy one here, Brad, and I know you saw this. Uh, Vernon Henhock and Cameron Runes Palace, a uh, couple of youngsters, their lives taken way too soon, a tragic car accident. Uh, sticks up, raise your sticks up and, and tweet your support. This this one was a tough one for the Six Nations community and the lacrosse community as a whole. Oh yeah, just it's like Tragic. this year wasn't well, this year wasn't tough enough already, you know. It's it's absolutely absolutely heartbreaking. It raise your stick and and do what you can for these families right now. If you're if you're in that area, lend lend some support, lend a hand, lend an ear. It's all you can. It's all you can do, and we'll lend our hearts right here. There you go. Uh, well said. Uh, our last thing we do here on Lax Class 
is called something else. Our good friend Jim Else with another editorial. Let's let's get to something else here. Let's begin. All right now, wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Oh, let's try something else. Hey, Jake and Bradley, it's Jim Else here. Time for another week of something else on the Lacrosse Classified Podcast. As usual, a huge shout out to G. Wilson Construction for sponsoring the segment. You make the world go round. Cheers. I'm not going to get right into my topic here. I'm just going to spend a moment uh, to show some respect and love to the Paulus and Hanok families of the Six Nations community and the loss of their two young men, Vernon and Cameron, last week. Uh, as the father of an 18-year-old uh, healthy young man, I this hit me hard. Um, just wanted to show uh, um, some love and some respect. On to the nitty-gritty. People ask me about my game-worn lacrosse collection i've got a lot of stuff um, i've got jersey upon jersey i've got sticks i've got gloves i've got the whole show the biggest question is uh what is your favorite i don't have a favorite frankly i've got a i've got a i love everything i've got but if you said to me what is your favorite i'm gonna tell you i don't have one but there's stuff i would never give away scott ranger's stinky stinky man cup gloves from 2015 uh which he's written Four, three, two, one, uh, to get down to the to winning the whole thing. They're sitting in a Ziploc bag in the collection. They absolutely reek to this day. Never going anywhere. Those things are mine unless he wants them, and I don't think he does. Curtis Dixon's 2014 game worn World Championship gloves from the from the World Championships. Not going anywhere. Dan McRae uh, gifted me a 2005 Oakville Founders Cup champion jersey. Not going anywhere. It's just uh, it's stuff that just uh, I I love, frankly. And throw in Jesse King. Uh, Jesse's been great with me right from the start, whether it's uh, the Ohio State University hat or gloves. It's, it's been great. None of that good Victoria Boys stuff is going where, anywhere. And frankly, none Marshall stuff isn't going either. If uh, Marshall wanted his Drexel helmet back, he can have it, but it ain't going anywhere other than that. Uh, I started collecting in 2012 when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mostly it was in breast cancer auctions and uh, and fundraisers from NLL teams. Um, I bought uh, I bought often. I bought a lot of stuff. Um, went on from there. I encourage uh, anybody who's got a, a passion for collecting just to reach out uh, and look around, see what's out there and, and make a purchase. Make a bid. Even if the bid, uh, all it does is raise the price, that's great for the, the place they're raising the money for. Uh, if you want to see any of my stuff, uh, maybe maybe you care, maybe you don't, I don't know. You can at me at, at GML68. Uh, I'll put up some pictures of stuff um, and uh, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Thanks for uh, listening to another week of Something Else. Uh, take care, ciao, and good times. Something Else brought to you by G. Wilson Construction Building. Fine custom homes. That is their single focus uh, if you're in the construction business i would think that is probably a good single focus to have building fine custom homes that totally makes sense you want to start your career in the construction business upload your resume to gwilsonconstruction.com there's a little work with us tab up there in the top right upload your resume put down that you heard it on lacrosse classified may get you uh, you know jump ahead of the the lineup a little bit as far as interviews go who knows Appreciate G. Wilson Construction and all our other sponsors here on Lacrosse Classified. And uh, I appreciate Jim Else. And, and I know Jim really appreciates all the, the, the merch, the memorabilia, if you will, that 
a lot of these players have donated to Jim over the years. But on top of that, Jim, like he said there, really got into the memorabilia supporting breast cancer awareness or cancer awareness or teams that were putting on online auctions or, or bids for things. And that's how it kind of started with them. And then it just kind of went from there. But man, he is always in the mix and, and he's got some really cool items. Uh, I haven't seen the entire collection, but you just heard some of his favorites right there from Jesse and Danny and, and Scotty. Ran- I think Rangers 2015 man cup gloves are probably his all time favorite. Yeah. Well, that was such a, that was such an awesome tournament and to finally Victoria to finally get that at home after a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, and was, Jim was a big part of that too. And he was a huge part of that. I got to go to one of those games and sit in the box yeah. and see the high fives that he gets, you know, <laughs> leaning over the railings and the players that were scratched that game were sitting in that box. Yeah. Like that shows you his connection to the team. They weren't down behind the bench. They weren't in the tunnel. They came up to the box as scratches or injured players to watch the game. Like unreal. Yeah. Unreal. What, uh, Anyways, what do you yeah, got? I haven't, I, I haven't seen i don't go on any auction where i don't see jim else's name he's, he's doing the right thing he's driving the price up i've got nothing man i'm, I'm not a collector <laughs> i get what he said about going on there and poking up a bid to yeah. go up sometimes i have played around with that especially back in the silent auction days in the in the in the lec for sure yeah. i'm a bit of a minimalist man i've got nothing that's I've the way to nothing. do it I've got, a, I... I've got a couple pieces from like i mentioned earlier when the stealth moved to langley brad hawk was fortunate enough to to back oh, his truck gonna, up to my place and unload be a couple things. That was supposed to be on the down low, man. Okay, well, scratch that. Edit that part. No, of the not doing but, it. Yeah, I've got a couple. Like, I've got um, I've got a Corey Small framed Corey Small mm. goal celebration with him and Reese Dodge more prominently Smallsy, which I still haven't even hung up. Like, I want to take it back to work and and put it in my new office when I ever get back there. That's the goal there. I've got um. I've got a stealth teamed autographed jersey that I haven't done anything with. And I've got some stealth gloves that I actually use. There you go. So, and, but that's it, man. I, I keep it. I, I like to travel pretty light. Yeah. What about you? You've got, we're on zoom right now. I can see you've got all your team photos on the wall. You've got sticks hanging on your wall. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I tried to keep my team pictures for sure. Um, so I got those up. I got a couple of wooden sticks. You're right. Uh, I got the old uh, cartoon kind of pic of, of Dutchie stepping on my chest uh, when I played the Punisher back in the old uh, Johnny Palace, Rory Smith uh, little comic series they did there. That The Johnny Palace one-third season? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um I got a I got a couple of jerseys from from my days in Minnesota, and I think that's about it, man. I I I try and keep it keep it pretty lean as well i just like i don't know where i'd put all that stuff so i don't have a whole right lot. he's got he's got like a room dedicated he's got a room it. in his place and he's got he's got at the office at the, at the youth True. center so yeah he's got he's got all the memorabilia hanging up there too there you go uh so that was a good one from jimmer and we'll expect another something else Next week as well, um, I know voting has come and gone. I'm, I'm glad it's done here. It's going to be done down there as well. If if you haven't done it yet and you're south of the, the border, please vote. Cast your vote. Make a, make a difference. And continue to, to be diligent, people, with, with the social distancing, the physical distancing, I like to call it, washing your hands, wearing a mask in public places, and and just being generally 
careful and and courteous to others as well. Uh, we're not on the other side of this thing yet. We're getting there, and we just need to to kind of keep it in check as much as we can until we can get there, guys. So. My little PSA at the end of Lax Class 103. A big thank you to our sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction, and Manscaped promo code LAXCLASS20. Uh, appreciate Tommy Marichek for making some time on the program as well. And to you, of course, the loyal listener, for listening to Lax Class every single week right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you will find Lacrosse Classified. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us on social media. Brad is at Brad Shell. I think his listenership is just going to spike up here after that big promotion. I am at PXP for Sports. The show was at Lax Class. And now we are done. For Brad Challenger, I've been Jake Kelly. And for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, we'll talk to you next time here on Lacrosse Classified. Be safe and be healthy, everybody.